Oh, that yeah. is pumpable. Yeah. What? That's that's some good excitement just before we uh, dive straight into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Fuck ready. Yeah. Are you ready? All right. Let's. I am. I was born to be eventually ready. Yes. Let's make some entertainment. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Hey Brew in Lockdown, which I think is how I did it last time. I'm not um, sure, <laughs> but nah. keep going. But I mean, that's that's on brand. Um, yeah. This is the podcast uh, about the kind of stories that you would tell in the pub. Each week, one of us brings a beer and an oft-tangentially related tale. Uh, my name is Elliot. My name is Mike. That's probably the most normal one I've done in a while. Yeah. And you've made Except it for the, the jingle. Well, it's it's also similarly on brand because you've pointed it out immediately after yeah. Yeah. referencing. It's like when something intro. goes right, you'd be like, Phew, no major fuck ups. Yeah. Or, or right before you do it, you're like, hey, watch this. And then it goes invariably wrong. Yeah. What's that phrase? When you get to the end zone, act like you've been there before. Yeah. 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 The, Not for me. I was about I'm to say the Hebrew way. Shit. Put it, put nah. it on the list of things that are the Hebrew way. <laughs> Hey, Brew, still statistically Australia's worst beer podcast. Yes, we, we can back that up. We have, yeah. uh, we can cite our sources, we can show the science, show our work. We're Let's the shit. How we're going. <laughs> how are we looking currently? Um, well, we've got a new follower, so that's nice. Well, good. Maybe that'll pump us up. We are this week playing the Revel Brewing. Don't know. All right. We're still nine and O. Hell or rather, no, O and nine. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a funny thing because, um, like, I don't know about you, but I don't listen to I think any of the podcasts that are in that list because something I just about, listen to Ale of a Time. Yeah, something something about like the idea of listening to a podcast that's only about beer doesn't actually sound that interesting to me, even though I really love beer. No. <laughs> Nor me, because it's just a list of things that I'm never going to get around to drinking. Yeah, yeah. That's also, the thing. I make beer and I don't care to talk to people who make beer. Yeah, yeah. It's that thing of like, we're enthusiasts enough, but not so much that it's all we do. No. Well, it's like every year at Gab's and stuff and Good Beer Week, they have like, oh, and we've got interviews with the brewer. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. That's like yeah. when people say like, oh, I'm, we're making a movie and, and here's... um. I I listen to the IGN podcast a lot and they'll often do like, oh, we're going to have um, an interview now with uh, the director of Kong Skull Island. I'm like, Sorry. all right, cool for you, okay. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like even like, even if they were like, I mean, maybe Ken Levine who did Bioshock, Tim mm-hmm. Sawyer who did, uh, John, Josh Sawyer who did um, Fort New Vegas and maybe uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki who did um, Dark Souls at, at Al. Yes. Those are interviews I listen to. But if they were like a game that I like, for example, like I like Control. I'm really mm. having fun playing Control. If they were like, we're going to do an interview with the director of Control, I'd be like, I don't care. I yeah. just don't care. Yeah, maybe it's different. I don't want to know what they think. It's probably different if, like, for the beer podcast, if you're a bit more involved in the industry, that probably is a bit more meaningful. Or, oh, yeah. If, if you're, but he, hev- but if you're like heavily making stuff at home and you're trying to, like, get ideas and tips and inspiration. Maybe that. But even like at events, like, hey, come down to Good Beer Week. We've got um, this tip, you know, let's say X beer is being released. Uh, we're going to do a whole takeover at this pub, mm-hmm. release the new beer, and we'll have an interview with the head brewer. I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'll just get drunk. Well, the thing is, yeah, I'm there for everything up to that last point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember what the point was. Any beer news? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a great interview with the head brewer recently. <laughs> oh, that'd be awkward. That's a terrible way to segue into that. 
<laughs> um, what, hey, uh, they got a new brewer over in the north, by the way. Do they? Yeah. Is it? Zach's been advertising for one, so they got oh, a new guy in. Very, very good. excited. We have to... <laughs> Literally the opposite of what I was just talking about. <laughs> well, it's, it's different. It's friends, you know. We, we, know, we yeah. know the folks there. Um, we'll have to get back there and make that person's life also hell by being loud in their bar. Um, I'm just going to try and bring up my untapped real quick because I've forgotten what I've been drinking. What have you well, had well, recently? While you do that, why don't I do a couple of things? Um, yeah. I had a botanical IPA yesterday from uh, Mountain Goat. That was really tasty, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been... Um, drinking quite a lot of like uh, west coast and stuff as usual mm-hmm. but i would say that the big news realistically even brewing at the moment is that breweries are back open so yes. melbourne lockdown has broken uh, or eased i think it's probably closer and light, the uh, pubs easing. and breweries are back open yeah, yeah. Uh, look it's it's not perfect but we don't live in a perfect world at the moment so quite frankly Correct. and also we've had it pretty perfect for the last mm. six months so mm. you know yeah um so yeah that, that that that's that's been my week i haven't really done much boozing boozing like you know it's been it's just been some nice beers and stuff like that mm. oh i had something from hepburn springs brewery yesterday nice yeah. pilsner they got a new brewery out there now all right neat mm. indeed mike yeah. yourself um well i've had another one of the trillium fated farmer series that they sold oh, through yeah, nice. garage project here recently um had the the apricot wild ale yep it was quite tart um almost almost a bit like a sour but that that real kind of like the the oh, how do i describe it like just a very tart fruit flavor um yeah. on that one so is 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 a, a little bit of that sort of like mouth puckering feel from some of like the early days of sours getting big um yeah. not not when unpleasant. they were just mad sour yeah not unpleasant but probably more because i've like gotten accustomed to sour beers and that was maybe just like an extra yep. step further yeah, um, more like Belgian style. Yeah, but have you it's had quite your nice. um, have you had your hazelnut one yet? The uh, wait, hazelnut or the almond crunch? Almond one. Sorry, yeah, so yeah, I got two crunch. cans of that because I was pretty sure it was going to be a banger, and I've had one and can confirm, yes, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I had I had mine the other day, and yeah, absolute banger. Mm. Um, and I ordered their new one with monkish, the new Into the Void. Ah, is it? Wait, yeah, Into the Void. Surrender to the Void. Is that with monkish? Because I yes. saw, I think the last one of those I saw that came out was like miso sesame, something or other. That's the one, yeah. Really, I didn't, I didn't realize that was a collab. Yeah, I got that. I got the boss level. Um, oh, yeah, boss fresh level June is fantastic. And the happy sessions nine. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I yeah. remember you saying it was really good. Yeah, but yeah, I'm pretty certain that the um, Surrender to the Void Volume Four is with Monkish. Okay, let me just double check. But yeah, I mean that's another brewery I've been really keen to try for a mm. while now. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, the, 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 the email and, and website are not particularly forthcoming right now. But, no, that's but all right. Positive. There are, uh, there are exciting we'll beers coming out. from Carriage Project, as always, as I think we probably said two weeks ago in the last episode. Yeah, unbelievable. What, did they, they hit their 10th uh, anniversary or something this week? Yeah, did they? Yeah, yeah I think neat. so, for Arlo Street. Oh, uh, Arlo. Arlo Street. Arlo? Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Something. Yeah. Their home base, essentially. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or Willington. Yes, correct. <laughs> Thanks. El Capital. Um, <laughs> das Capital? Anyway, uh, I guess uh, speaking of beers. Yes. Shall we do this uh, one? Should we get into it? We shall get into this one. Um, All right. So this one for Speaking today. of Das Capital, in fact. Uh, sort of, I guess. Um, yes. Don't worry, we'll get there. 
so today from from Hot Nation out your way, um, really in, in Futuskray, uh is the Kalash Russian Imperial Stout 2021. Um, I say 2021 because they do this once a year, and I think this is the sixth year they've put this beer out. Jesus, really? Yeah, and I had a look actually because it's only just dropped this weekend. I think, as you said before yeah. the before the show, um, on their web store right now, you can get a pack, which I think is like the last three years of it. Plus, oh, the, I think I've seen this. Yeah, plus the whiskey edition that they do. So this is yeah. a Russian Imperial Stout, which is aged in seasoned bourbon barrels but there's also a whiskey edition which i think is either done in whiskey barrels instead or additionally at the end of the process yeah um who knows we'll find look, out you can go read it on their website you can buy it there i think the yeah. pack was maybe like 80 bucks or something <laughs> do your own research the hay brew way <laughs> yeah i mean which is pretty much we tell half the story and tell you the rest yourself yeah well it's look i i, I don't even know if i've had the Kalash before in like previous years? I think we have because I think there was one at Stout Day 1 but we might not have drank it and I might have drank it alone. <laughs> okay, so maybe you had it. <laughs> well, I've definitely had but I think you have. Okay. So this is closer. Yeah. Anyway, right now it is a public holiday here in Victoria. You and I both have sure the day is. off. It is 4.30 in the afternoon and we're about to crack into a 10.7% alcohol by volume beer. Uh, I'm excited. Cheeky little 3.7 standard drinks in the middle of the afternoon. I'm fucking ready. Let's crack it open. Yeah, man, let's do it. <sighs> that sneezing fit that I just had off mic aside. This looks incredible. Yes, this certainly looks like like an Imperial ah, Stout. That is yeah. dark, good I little... Head on that. Yeah. It almost looks like, you know, the, the crema you get on an espresso shot. It's that kind of color. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most hipster Ooh. things you've said. That that smells delicious. Yeah, I had to just take some of the foam off that so I could pour a little more in, but mm. I tried the foam and I'm pretty drunk. Ooh. Ooh, there's a lot going on in that. Yes. Um, all right, so just quickly tasting notes on the side. One of the things it says is tar. Excuse me? Yeah, I'm not joking. I don't know if it means road or cigarette. Oh. A subtle oak... And bourbon character integrates with dark chocolate tar and spice. I'm assuming that's coming from the barrel and they haven't just put fucking tar in the beer. Come and try new bitumen stout. <laughs> Made with real crude oil. <laughs> Made with real bitch. <laughs> oh. That's uh, Marcus Bridgestock joke. He's like, okay. uh, talking about spilling tar on, him, on himself and he's like, I happen to know that if you spill tar on yourself, it hurts like a bitch. That's why they call it bitumen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I thought was a really stupid, right. funny joke. Yeah. Um, um, all right. well, I, I haven't actually tasted it properly yet, please. so we can tell me what you think. Get amongst it. Um, yeah, it's it's got like a really, I don't know, robust kind of roasty flavor to it. Um, just Holy fucking shit, that's delicious. Yeah, like the, the chocolate flavors I can certainly pick up, um, as mentioned on, on the tin. Mm. A little bit vanilla-y, but that'll be the bourbon. Yeah, yeah, the, the, you can certainly tell... Uh, there's there's some bourbon present in the process. This is very wintry. Like Isn't this it? feels like Christmassy. This like, feels appropriate. For, Christmas feels appropriate for the weather right now. It's been yeah. fairly rainy and overcast the last week, basically. 
yeah, it's been a bit, you might say it's been a bit damp in Australia, in Victoria, especially mm. uh, where they've had to evacuate Trelgan mm. and um, there's been snow in New South Wales. This is the right beer for the journey. Yeah, some friends of mine live uh, sort of out east and they've been, mm. they were out with, without power for like four days. Um, yeah, some friends of mine have been the same way, mm. and they've always tell you how much the West is shit. So screw them. Yeah, uh, but there, there were there were photos they were putting up of like them sitting in front of the fireplace, trying to like play board games in in the light that they had available. Um, and this beer feels like the the right kind of thing to help you get through that. I can say it certainly take the edge off. Uh, <laughs> this one's yeah. to you, people stranded without power. Yes, um, but no, that's. Oh, that's that's delicious. I'm going to enjoy working my way through that. Um, For those but, of you keeping score, by the way, Australia, when it's not on fire, it's so wet, electricity doesn't work. Yeah, I think mainly because a lot of trees fell down and kind of broke the power lines. Yeah. Um, mm. Jesus, I don't even really know what to say. There's just so much going on with this. Booziness is definitely there. It's not burny, but it's, it's warm. You can feel yeah, it. Yeah, it is that kind of like warming feeling you get from... Trying to think, you know, when when you have like a hot toddy, that kind of like, oh yeah, that warming feeling, both from the warmth of the drink and the whiskey mixed in amongst it. Mm. Um, it's it's like that. It's not overpowering, but it's certainly there. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 that nice um, coating your insides, and that's the thing because this is quite. Mm. It, I I don't feel like any beer is thicker than any other beer, but because it's low. Um, very low carbonation because mm. obviously it's a dark beer and obviously because it's then like quite sticky flavored yeah it almost feels like it's sort of coating the inside yes. of your mouth it, uh, and also it definitely will be like higher sugar content and stuff like that so yeah to, yeah. to, to harken back this to a is previous a, yeah. episode a more viscous beer y- yeah exactly right this is a very oh man imagine this over like a really nice high quality vanilla ice cream just like drizzled over the top Ooh. of it be right back. I need to go to the shops <laughs> before this beer gets warm. <laughs> Mate, I actually might go buy a couple more of these. They're a little I, on the expensive side, but... Yeah, because I, I, th- I picked this up at uh, Calvin Cellars because I was up that way last night, and I think it was $13 a can. Um, so not too bad as far as these sort of things go. I think this was 18 yeah. from the brewery. That's what he stooged me. Yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it was mislabeled. I just. I think it I was might, thirteen. But then again, I was. I was looking at a lot of prices because um, yeah, Carwin Sellers is a fucking smorgasbord. Um, but I. I actually might try and pick up the whiskey edition of this one because I'm curious what the difference yep. between the two ends up being. I'd be keen to try them. I might even get one of these for uh, for Stout Day. I think that might be uh, mm. worthwhile. That's coming up. Yes. Stout Day is like our version of. Um, Zwanza day. I was going to say Christmas, but yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, yes. actually, isn't that next weekend? Uh, yes, I think so. I think anyway. Uh, that's, I might need to rearrange that because I might be camping. That's certainly off. Off. Also, we're not allowed people in our houses, so that's not happening. Well, anyway, yeah. Shall we okay. get moving into the topic? Let's do it. All right, Mike. Butter my ears with your interesting s- subject. Okay. The the Kalash is named for a weapon that also bears bears the name of the man who invented it. Beers. Beers. I know. So, <laughs> I like that un- weird Freudian un- pun. Unintentional. Um, the, uh, fuck me. It's Russian. The Avtomat Kalashnikova. 
uh, translated as Kalashnikov's automatic rifle or the AK-47. Mm. Um, it's like everyone's probably seen one of these. They know what it looks like, but it's been a widely used weapon since its creation and is likely, uh, according to one thing I read, the deadliest weapon of the 20th century. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's definitely a cultural icon. Yeah, it's been uh, it's one of the used things everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, perennial bell end that you know we shouldn't like, but I do have quite a soft spot for Jeremy Clarkson, mm. um, said that he's got a book called you know, I Know You Got Soul that I read when I was quite young, uh, which is like just different different machines that he thinks are like iconic and, 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 and are, are, are worldly interesting. Okay. There's things from like um, the Spitfire to like, um, I don't know, certain um, certain cars and, you know, steam trains. Just and things like that have had an impact. Yeah, and he uses the Kalashnikov as one of them. Mm. And he says that, one is it's like it's so iconic looking that um i would get one framed on my wall and i don't think anyone would be like you've got a gun you'd be like oh that's that's that because it's yeah. almost a work of art and the other thing he says is it's the only uh, personalized reg plate i'd ever consider having because he put it on his volvo xc60 like kids to school four by four and have ak-47 on it and it'd just be a very different vibe <laughs> yeah yeah it would um so, so i you- dig holy shit sorry just You're- there's an articulated truck going up my um, street, up my very thin street. Yeah, I was going to say, you're very narrow With a massive street. digger on the back and a full-sized, like, front trailer. I have no idea what the hell's going on. People are digging That's up very the exciting. Suburb. Anyway. Hey, honestly, they could dig up someone's house from its foundations with that thing, and they yeah. might. Yeah, they might be. Um, but yeah, anyway, like I said, it's been used in a lot of conflicts around the world. Uh, but today... Oh, yeah. Today, we're actually just going to be talking about one of those, which is my sort of very tangential Hebrew way of getting to today. I thought you were say, which is my favorite conflict. No, today. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about the Troubles. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't feel guilty enough. All right. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like, I want... I, I have heard the phrase, the Troubles, before, but it was not part of my education growing up. So part of this was me wanting to look into it a bunch. And then I was hoping that, you know... As someone who grew up in England, you might be able to help fill the gaps or tell me where I got things wrong. I did my GCSE history on the Troubles, along Fantastic. with medicine through time, and the Wild West. Well, what a pair. GCSE history was absolutely really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so quick introduction um, for those like me that didn't know anything about this before today. Um, the Troubles, or the Northern Ireland Conflict, uh, was a 30-year period of what's known as low-intensity conflict which apparently is just a way of saying it's not quite a civil war, but it basically is. Um, yeah, it's hotter than a Cold War. Yes, uh, but it was between groups that wanted Northern Ireland to leave the United Kingdom and join a united island and a range of state groups that wanted them to stay exactly where they were as part of the UK. Um, this period started in the late 1960s and ran up to 1998 or so. Uh, it involved over 36,000 shootings and over 16,000 bombings with more than 3,500 people losing their lives and another 47,500 injured. It's wild. Wasn't a good time to be a civilian living in Belfast. No, it certainly wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a thing that like I've grown up knowing just through like cultural osmosis that the Northern Ireland thing is a big contentious issue. 
um, depending on who you, you talk to. You could say that, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it, but because I grew up in New yeah. Zealand and in like the 90s, basically, it wasn't really something we heard much about because it was kind of still like, I guess, trailing off into its end state. But um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, we grew up at a time when um, it was the, for want of a better word, when we were sort of conscious of the news cycle, it was the mm. back end of it. Yeah. Like I remember the Omar bombing and I remember... Uh, was it Armagh? County Armagh? It's mm. not really good. I can't remember the other name. Yeah. Um, and I remember the ceasefire. And I remember one of the things that Tony Blair is sort of forgotten for. So obviously the illegal war in Iraq, not great. Mm. But one of the things he did do was broker a peace treaty in Ireland in 1997. Yes. Which we will after get to. basically a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be leaning on you to help me fill the gaps here. But... Uh, I wanted to put a little bit of background here on sort of the relationship between Ireland and England before this whole thing. You're like, I'm going to lean on you to help. So Ireland is east of England? West, yeah. west of England. Yes. <laughs> um, no, so in 1801, Ireland came under British control. And from 1870, the what's called the Irish Home Rule Movement, which is basically them having self-governance, uh, began campaigning for Irish independence. Uh, it's led to what's called the Partition of Ireland in 1920, which mm-hmm. created the Independent Republic of Ireland, aka most of the island. Um, yeah, so- Southern Ireland era. Yeah, but a lot of people kind of hated the term Southern Ireland, and that's where Republic of Ireland comes from. Um, yes, because they, you know, wanted it to be to be independent, and then Northern Ireland, which was to remain under British control. Um, 40% of the people in Northern Ireland or thereabouts were Irish nationalists. Uh, so this created a bit of friction. Uh, and for decades following the partition, the Protestant uh, slash unionist majority of Northern Ireland, aka people that wanted to stay within the UK, um, discriminated against the mostly Catholic Irish nationalist minority. And the laws of the land enabled this discrimination as well, uh, which included things like the flag of the Irish Republic being illegal, uh, the Irish language and history not being taught in schools, and various voter suppression tactics like gerrymandering, which I'm not going to try to explain, um, basically just not letting people vote uh, and trying to like suppress their ability to like vote together and, and sort of gain power yes. that way and restricting who was even allowed to vote in the first place. Gerrymandering is basically redrawing the the the, the, the borderlines mm. in in constituencies, so that you can basically cut out entire areas where you know that you've got no support and move yeah. it into the next um, county, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird, complicated process, but yeah, that 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 was going on as well. I I I'd, I'd like to add by way of a caveat, um, not caveat, not an excuse or anything. I am aware. The English are and were awful, especially in Ireland. Uh, what we're going to hear going forward is going to probably be quite damning. I would like to point out that I'm not unaware of this shit. We are bad. We yeah. are the baddies. Yeah, I, I did like in contemplating what I was going to do today. I did think of uh, you and your upbringing, but I also know that you're pretty open and aware oh. of how shit England yeah. has been in the past. So I was like, this should be fine. It, I take I take some consolation in that we weren't the Dutch or the Spanish when we conquered the world because they were much worse. 
But um, we weren't great. Yeah. The conquering bit was the bit that's frowned upon. Never mind, not the bit after. Mm. But that wasn't great either. Yeah. Uh, which, look, we'll get into it. Um, it's worth noting that although terms like Protestant and Catholic get thrown around a bunch when talking about the Troubles, um, it actually wasn't any kind of religious conflict. It was just the majority of each group were one of those things or the other. Yes. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it, it was more just like that, that was unfortunately the split. And then the thing is you could, you could then redraw it and use yes. that as a catalyst. Yeah. So it's, it's more helpful and a lot of places do this to refer to them as, uh, unionists or loyalists, uh, which is the, the, what's usually referred to as the Protestants. So they're in favor of union, mm-hmm. uh, the union with the UK and either yep. nationalists or Republicans referring to the Catholics being in favor of Irish independence or nationalism. Um, so yeah, the, as I said, the period starts in the sixties. So that's where we are going to go now. Uh, the late 1960s is no one seems to agree, but that's about when the troubles begin. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say it's, it's interesting because like that, that period known as the troubles begin then, but basically it'd been absolutely, it'd be bubbling up a powder keg for years. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean like starting with Oliver Cromwell. Mm, Yeah. Um, well, no, not even starting with, you know, but as far back as yeah. and before. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, but I'll yeah. say right off the jump that it's a 30-year period and many, many instances of violent attacks, as I mentioned before, and there's no way I could possibly cover all of them or even half of them. I'm uh, looking forward to struggling to make jokes during this episode. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I'm, I'm going to try and instead cover just sort of the high level of the, the entire period and sort of uh, notable... Uh, Notable events, I guess, I would say. Mm. Um, I'm going to take a sip of Stalingrad? Huh? You couldn't have done Stalingrad? There's probably tons of jokes there. (laughs) Yeah, but then I would have... Honestly, I had this thought. I was like, I could do the October Revolution. I could do Bolsheviks. And I was like, yeah, but then I'd have to try to pronounce Russian. And God help me if I try to do that. Oh, I see how it is. Well, that's it. I'm going to get the whiskey one and then we're going to do Russian shit. Yeah, cool. Hey man, if if you want to if you want to do that, I am all for it. You write that down on the big list of things Elliot isn't actually going to do for Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've lost my place. Um, yeah. Sorry, many violent things. You're not going to be able to yes, talk them all. Exactly. Um, so yeah, after all the decades of discrimination against Irish nationalists, uh, the Northern Ireland civil rights movement began in the '60s. Uh, various protests against the discrimination. Uh, they've been facing, including their first march uh, on the 24th of August, 1968. Um, there were many marches organized over sort of the next year, uh, with some of them being attacked by counter-protests and loyalists mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, which And they were doing that hoping to get marches themselves banned as a concept, just because, I don't know, they didn't want people organizing, I guess, in public. So they were just like marching season is still a big thing in Ireland, and it's still yeah, like yeah, quite yeah. a but but sketchy at, time at the to time it was about. like look let's help pro- let's prove how shitty marches are by being pests, and then maybe the that. government will just say hey no more of any of this. That's actually really smart protesting. <laughs> it is a bit. Um, one march on the fifth of October in 1968 in Derry, which is going to feature heavily, uh, was banned by the Northern Ireland government, uh, which the protesters weren't having a bar of. Uh, so they went ahead with it anyway. Uh, they were then surrounded by members of the Royal Ulster Constabulary, the RUC, yep. the Northern Ireland Police Force at the time, uh, who just... 
beat yeah. the ever-loving shit out of them. Like Royal com- Ulster Constabulary were a particularly militarized, basically British private army. Yeah, posing as a uh, as the local bobbies. Yeah, it, it it certainly seemed that way by the time I was done reading this. It started out as like, oh yeah, Royal Constabulary, the the the, the police. Right? Yeah, you think of a load of oi 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 yeah. bobbies. But yes, nah. no, oi, what's going on here then? Yeah. Maybe that's where the, the back of the paddy. Well, I that, guess the me wagon. Yeah, whatever. That, that's where the joke's going to come from. Is me trying to do a British accent every now and then. Perfect. Oh, the Irish one I notice. <laughs> Oi, what's all this then? Um, so yeah, this this uh, behaviour by the RUC in Derry made international news uh, and led to two days of rioting in in Derry. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's sort of the beginning. It's just here's two days of just solid riot. It's intense. Um, yeah, it's like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to destroy my own town because I'm so happy. <laughs> what a ridiculous <laughs> hey, situation. We've all been there. No. Anyway. Uh, I was going to make a really fucking dark joke then. I was like, ah, that's not. No. no. Let's let's just keep moving with this already dark story. Um so in January of the following year, uh, People's Democracy, which sounds real vague, uh, it's a student civil rights group. Uh, they led a four-day march from Belfast to Derry. Uh, so this is like, what, three months after all of that stuff went down in Derry with the riots. Obviously, there's stuff that happened in between. I'm just skipping it. Um, throughout, throughout their journey to Derry, they were attacked by loyalists. Uh, when they eventually made it to Derry, they were attacked some more. Uh, the marches. Sorry. For some reason, I thought you could say attacked by wolves. It's like, <laughs> wow, an island. And it's like, I just filled in this blank myself and then started asking questions. And I was like, wait a second. It's not what he said. Bloody ruffians. Um, uh, on the way over, they were attacked by wolves. And then, uh, of course, there was a tsunami. And then uh, God struck them down. Um, basically, what I'm saying is that they weren't favored. And the RUC, surprisingly, were like, oh, look, they've had it rough enough. Let's just let them pass. Really? No. Fuck. <laughs> Oh no. So throughout their journey to Derry, they were attacked by loyalists. Uh, <laughs> as I said, when they eventually got there, the loyalists attacked them a little bit more. Um, the, the, the marchers, the marchers, uh, claimed the police didn't help them and in fact aided the attackers, uh, which the RUC, they probably did. Um, that night, members of the RUC went into the Bogside area of Derry uh, attacking Catholic homes and residents and threatening people. Residents then set up barricades to keep police out of Bogside, creating what's called Free Dairy, a self-declared... You know alt- you're unpopular when you're being kept out of Bogside. Yes. Uh, yeah, Free Dairy, a self-declared autonomous Irish nationalist area of Derry, uh, which would stand from 1969 through to 1972. Oh, I think that's where... Um the like famous I, I'm, I'm pretty certain there's a big famous like mural on the side of the wall of a, of yes. a building yeah here we go yeah yes so I did see that free which is terrible for an audio podcast but yes I did see that coming up what does it say yeah. you've got it there you are now entering free dairy and it was written on the side of someone's house yeah yeah, yeah. so so that yeah that was the I guess like the first major instance in, in dairy but it, it does come up some more i think or i might be confusing myself anyway i'm gonna keep going back when it was called london dairy yes yes uh. um so we're gonna skip ahead a little bit now uh where are we no 
I've read the wrong paragraph. Okay. Let's skip ahead Let's a little bit now. Again. 2042. <laughs> <laughs> no. Brexit has taken its toll on Northern Ireland. Oh, boy. Has it ever. Anyway, <laughs> again, that's in there. We're coming up to it. Uh, so in March and April of 1969, water and electricity plants in Northern nice. Ireland were bombed by loyalists who in turn Gosh. blamed the attacks on the dormant Irish Republican Army or the IRA and members of the civil rights movement with the goal of forcing Northern Ireland Prime Minister Terence O'Neill to resign as they thought he was too soft on the nationalists. There were, mm. there were six bombings between the 30th of March and the 26th of April, with O'Neill resigning on the 28th of April. So Jesus. It worked. It just took six. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, about, about I'm all right at my yeah. job, but imagine if I was ever bad enough at my job that someone set off a bomb. Yeah, or let, let alone one, but six of them trying to get you to quit. Yeah, I mean, if someone wrote me six letters trying to get me to quit, I'd be upset. Yeah, I'd, I'd get the second one and be like, man, someone has taken the time to write this all out, go through the postal system to get it to me. Yeah, Christ. Send me an email. I get upset when people send me LinkedIn messages. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just ignore those largely, but... Yeah, of course, yeah. Imagine if someone sent you six LinkedIn messages trying to get you Saying fired. resign. Yeah, yeah. No, but they were like diatribes of like all the reasons why they thought you should quit your job. To who it may concern. You. I um, I like the you. idea that um, the IRA are now, that's what they've started doing to get their way. It's like, right, we're going to absolutely flood his LinkedIn inbox. <laughs> He'll never know what hit him. No, we it, don't know why it's Conor McGregor. No, it, it, it wasn't the IRA that did it. They got blamed for it. Oh, yeah. It was done by the loyalists. How must it be to be the IRA who were, at the time, for all dormant. intents and purposes, a terrorist organization and be like, six bombs just went off in Derry. Which wasn't even fucking us. Ah, we're safe, don't worry. And then someone comes and say, apparently it was the IRA. Oh, what the fuck? We had nothing to do with it. Yeah, well, the, um, the this I, is my horrendously racist Irish accent. I can only apologise. The the IRA were basically like leftovers of people who fought in the Irish Civil War, which was before all of this. And then yeah, uh, yeah. they the kind I, of like the, they the kind IRA of settled, were, and then they came back for this. I was going to say they definitely were active in the seventies. Yeah. Oh, we're not even up to the seventies yet. This is still the late sixties. Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So. I promise no more accents. I promise <laughs> can't that. promise that. Um, no, I So know. now we're going to skip ahead to the middle of August 1969. Uh, so from the, nice. from the 12th to the 14th of August in 1969 is the Battle of the Bogside. So <laughs> Derry's back, baby. Uh, Just had a big battle with the Bogside myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's... More insight than I needed. Uh, where some bad rioting started between Irish nationalists and the RUC during a march of the Apprentice Boys of Derry, which sounds yep. real bad, uh, but they're a Protestant fraternal society. Uh, yeah, so they're all um, training to become boys. <laughs> the toddlers of Derry. <laughs> they, they don't march. They more sort of amble. <laughs> yeah, they're just crawling. They haven't got their yeah. walking license they, yet. Yeah, instead of one of those like big drums at the front, they've just got one of those kids playing like a six-note um, xylophone. Yeah, just shaking a tambourine. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, um, the march has to stop because the band leader shit himself again. <laughs> Quick, someone change him. <laughs> someone get the talcum powder. It's the changing of the guard. 
Didn't think we could do it, but we rang we uh, some humour out of the Irish uh, troubles. It's could you imagine, about poop. like, tourists turning up to the Tower of London, seeing, seeing the guards there, and they're like, right, it's time for the changing of the guards, and they all just drop trowel. I'd like to see them lie down on one of those like squashy (laughs) changing mats, but like a big one. (laughs) And then another guard comes up and really like methodically changes them. Yeah, they just roll out a giant foam mat and they all come and lie down in a line. Yeah. The queen comes out and changes them. (laughs) The queen's doing it. I was imagining a much, much larger guard, like who's like (laughs) adult size compared to them as babies, which is just fucking terrifying. He lives in the tower. It's like a nine foot guard. (laughs) Giant yeah. hands. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Lay down, baby. I'm here to change y'all. I don't know why Shaquille why O'Neal is, is Isaac White? Hayes now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, dear. I believe you were talking to me about... Um, yes, riots. The Troubles. Yes. <laughs> so, we've had the Apprentice Boys of Derry. There's a march. Bad rioting. Please, uh, please. The Apprentice Boys of Derry. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the RU- so some RUC officers turned up in armoured cars and tried to stop the riot by using CS gas, water cannons, and finally, firearms. The riot- I, I believe that's what where the the phrase black and tans come from. That's the RUC armoured cars. Really? Yeah. I, 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 All right. You, you try I'm to confirm sorry. that. I'll keep going. Um, oh, that's the RUC. Sorry. Oh, that's yeah. the Royal Irish Constabulary. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Um, so the rioting was near continuous and lasted two days um following that so still in the middle of august uh three days of rioting throughout northern ireland some of which obviously turned violent uh we're talking shootings bombings houses and businesses being burned and people forced to flee their homes uh at this time the british army was deployed into northern ireland beginning what's called operation banner uh, which would be a near 40-year deployment with them ending that operation in 2007, which we'll, we'll get to 2007 Christ. a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, skipping ahead now to Jesus. 1972. Some of the soldiers will be 60. Yeah. I assume they'd get rotated out. I don't know. It's just no, a, no, no. Just a, a bunch of, just a bunch of granddads Mate. sitting around like, oi, stop that. I don't know if you've heard the song, but it's a long way to Tipperary. Is that is that related That's, to this? I'm, that's an old uh, old song. Yes, I, I mean, think related I've heard to this. The, I've heard the song. Um, yeah. So yeah, skipping ahead again to 1972, uh, but not without mentioning that between 1969 and 1972, there was more violence, bombings, raids, and uh, everyone's, everyone's favorite, the introduction of internment by the British Army in 1971 in order to hold people suspected of being involved with the IRA. Anyway, so basically <laughs> Irish gulags. Yes. To bring it full 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 uh, circle back to the Kalash aspect. Yes. Uh so 1972. Uh the 30th of January 1972 saw the single incident with the highest death toll for all of the troubles, Bloody Sunday. During a massive anti-internment uh, yes. protest in Derry, the British army shot 26 unarmed civilians with 13 of them dying immediately and a 14th dying months later from their injuries. Was Bloody Sunday when they had the post office? Uh, post office? I thought they took, they took, I thought Bloody Sunday was when they took um, control of a post office. Oh, they, they, they might have. All, all I wrote here was anti-internment protests. I didn't take down the specifics oh. of where they were doing it. Um, it might not have been. Anyway, so the 
Bloody Sunday held extra significance because these civilians were killed by state forces directly in the public eye and that of the press. Uh, it led to an increase in support and recruitment for the IRA. Um, the government of Northern Ireland was also dissolved in 1972 with direct British rule being reinstated. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a really funny, terrible part on Alan Partridge where he's talking to two Irish TV producers and he's like, oh, I love, I love you too. Love that song. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Yeah. Really know that feeling, you know, you've woken up, you've done a couple of chores around the house, you've had your breakfast, you've washed the cars, and then you've got the whole day ahead of you, you just don't don't know how to spend your time, and you're just like, Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> and like, Actually, no, Alan, it's about uh, a massacre in Ireland by the British government. Right, right. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. It's fantastic. Just love the Sunday, bloody Sunday. I feel like I need to watch my Alan Partridge. It's fantastic. It really is. Okay. Uh, you like to be awkward. Yeah. Well, mm, you know how I feel about Peep Show. <laughs> same, same, but different. Okay. Just okay. like all British comedy, it's about someone being awful. And uncomfortable. Great. Yep. Sorry. Um, so the violence continued on into the 1980s with fluctuating levels of severity i would call it various temporary ceasefires uh and increasing amounts of war weariness on both sides of the conflict um i like the idea of war weariness where at some point you're like are you fucking pumped for war no i'm kind of sick of it can we just oh, really can we just uh, go to bed uh no okay i'll shoot no, one you're going more member the of the Sorry. british army and then i'll go to bed all right, they're yeah. in. All right. Um, so <laughs> now we're going to call this Great Sunday. We think it's going to go fantastic. Pretty good Tuesday. <laughs> it's Sunday. Yeah, bloody Sunday, and then a shitload to clean up Monday. I'll settle for an average Wednesday at this point. Um, get ready for the weirdest sentence I wrote while while looking this up. So during the eighties, the IRA took donations of weapons from Libya because Gaddafi was pissed at Margaret Thatcher for helping Ronald Reagan bomb Tripoli, allegedly killing one of Gaddafi's kids. Oh, that's... Uh, to be honest with you, mate, that none of that is a surprise, because some mad things. One, the CIA have openly admitted that they funded the IRA for a while. Yeah. Two, Gaddafi was a maniac. <laughs> yeah. Three, as if to prove that point, Gaddafi, outside of his own residence, had a big fist made of metal crushing an american warplane oh my god that had gone down in libya it's the most metal thing i've ever seen in my life it's just this huge fist and an actual part of an american warplane being crushed in it that's sick it's so cool it's the biggest fuck you to american imperialism ever but gaddafi wasn't a good guy so let's not be like yeah gaddafi yeah, no no not at all but like people very rarely say yeah gaddafi no. but like that that sentence was me hey Bruce, political about... affiliation is yeah gaddafi no it isn't um yeah that sentence was me summarizing about like three or four sentences in this larger thing i was reading i was like what the fuck yeah. is this chain of events <laughs> it's, I, I, i'm a big fan of that shit it's just like <laughs> can you read it out again just so, just for the listeners at home yeah during the 80s the ira took donations of weapons from libya because Gaddafi was pissed at margaret thatcher for helping ronald reagan bomb tripoli allegedly killing one of Gaddafi's kids it feels like mean girls it does israel he said she said but on like a global 
political warfare shit. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> my son died in that bombing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give weapons to the Irish. Why don't you just fight yourself? Mm, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. That real proxy war, Metal Gear Solid type bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Shadow Moses yes. is actually Tripoli. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke for very few people. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, despite the IRA taking all these weapons in... <laughs> That's the ethos of this podcast. Well, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I had a good time. Um, yeah, despite the IRA taking in all these weapons, they weren't really able to escalate the level of violence any further. Um, I guess, you know, the British are the British. They've got more resources. Um, we were always pretty great at war as well. Yeah. For a small island, Yeah, we did pretty well. And Ireland is like right there. So like shipping times are not too bad. You know, you're, mm. not, you're not waiting for stuff to go through customs. Yeah, I mean, we won wars in, like, India, yeah. and it's far away, and there's a lot of people in India. Yeah, you could just... And there was a lot of money and power. You just throw stuff over to Ireland at that point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the the war weariness that I mentioned earlier was definitely... I just feel slightly bad about saying won wars. What I mean is brutally conquered and slaughtered in an in yes. unnecessary imperialistic endeavor. Yes. Anyway, war weariness... Definitely a thing by the end of the 80s um, as the political wing of the IRA, Sinn Féin. It's F E. Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin. Good. Okay. Um, Began seeking an end to the conflict. Uh, Talks began between them and the other main Irish nationalist party of Northern Ireland, uh, leading to joint statements. Do you have a name for them or were they just just called the Irish Nationalist Uh, Party? SDLP, I think. I haven't written down what that stands for. I think it's like social... Democrat SDLP I think so I think it's off the top of my head what it was Uh, but like with all of these things there's like always three or four other parties sort of there as well so it's kind of hard to pin it down Social Democratic and Labour Party yeah that's the one Um, but yeah so they put out joint statements on how the violence could be ended in uh, 1994 Uh, 1994 also the first ceasefire occurred on the 31st of August of 1994 uh, with the IRA announcing they would completely stop all military activities, uh, with loyalist groups announcing their own ceasefire nearly two months after that. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. And so like all this time, peace talks and negotiations and stuff are kind of starting to happen. Um, the ceasefire, however, was broken by the IRA in 1996 due to Sinn Féin not being allowed into those peace negotiations. And some other reasons as well to do with like disarmament and things like that um Shite so, now. yeah so they Old i think jerry they, adams think they they'd bond some london docklands or something um they gave them warning but then a couple of people still died it's a really interesting thing about the ira they used to do that quite regularly which is they did definitely did some really really awful things like mm. they would attach bombs to people mm. and then make them drive into checkpoints mm-hmm. um and, but they do things like, um, yeah, they'd be like, there's a bomb in this place. You've got 13 minutes before it goes off. Yeah. You better get out. Yeah. Um, which is kind of mad. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I don't think it was ever, well, I mean, depending on who it was, like, it didn't seem like they were like, always I, trying to kill people. It was just more, that was the only way they saw as, like, being able to say something. To, yeah, to get the statement across yeah. or to even get any attention, which I think is kind of an interesting way to fight a war, which is to say, well, we're not going to kill anyone, but we're going to cost you a load of money, so fuck yeah. you. Yeah. 
which I I don't want to go on record as a sympathizer, but I do I appreciate that as a tactic. Mm. Yeah, I I personally have never been involved in any kind of like nationalist terrorist fighting or anything of the sort so it's hard for me to say definitively if i would do the same but i get it yeah i think i get it you know um so yeah a second ceasefire was was reached however in 1997 and peace talks resumed uh this led to the good friday agreement there's other names for it but i just like that one uh of of 1998 Way better than bloody sunday yeah uh yeah 1998 which ended most of the violence and is the basis for northern ireland's current uh system of government uh it, it yeah it basically established that northern ireland is still part of the uk until a majority of the people in both northern ireland and the republic of ireland decide otherwise something that both the British and Irish governments have, they're like obliged to implement that if they vote accordingly. That's really interesting because I don't know if they've ever opened that up to referendum. No, that, that, yeah, that's, that's the thing. They would have to like get enough support to drive a referendum happening and then they would have to get enough votes to, to ratify it. I would be really interested to know what the percentages would be right now. But the thing is, I feel like the, 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 the truce that is in place right now is probably quite touch and go. Yeah, and I've got and a couple I think more. If they put that, got a couple more bits here, oh. which will kind of reinforce that. Um, so yeah, there's been a, a small number of violent incidents since 1998 with with that agreement, um, and it wasn't until 2007 that unionists and nationalists could agree on a stable self government system and the sharing of power between the two groups, um, as well as the end, as I mentioned earlier, of Operation Banner, uh, the British Army's mm. deployment into Northern Ireland. Uh, Rubbish name. Yeah, yeah. There was one in there too. Like, uh, the, the internment program was referred to as Operation Demetrius. Which, better. Yeah, weirder, a little better, better, but still a shit thing to do. What about um, my favorite? So the, the D-Day landings were called Operation Overlord. Ooh, which is quite good. That's a good name. But the there was a, a, a I think it was part of the 101 Airborne, part of a, a um, uh, an operation in uh, Anaheim, not Anaheim. That's in Florida. Arnhem, Arnheim? I don't know. Mm. Somewhere in like Holland and mm-hmm. uh, the Netherlands, which was to destroy bridges to stop um, German military sort of blitzkrieg and, and, and yeah, reinforcements yeah. and, okay. and uh, transport. And it was called, and I like this and I don't know why I like it so much, but I think it just really tickles me. But I also think it's a really great name. Operation Market Garden. <laughs> it's kind of pleasant. Just, yeah, it's, it's something quite nice about it. Uh, and they're in Holland, which I assume is quite pleasant. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Operation Bridge Troll or something. <laughs> Operation Billy Groat Gruff. <laughs> Yeah, oh, fuck. That's a great. Uh, yeah, I'll be up for that. Let's do that. Um, let's yeah, hope this podcast will get renamed too. So that's 2007. Um, all involved groups in the troubles have issued statements declaring ends to their respective campaigns by about that time as well. Um, this whole thing was complicated further when, during the Brexit process in 2016, uh, and you know this probably way better than I do, the United Kingdom voted to leave uh, the European Union, and Northern Ireland voted to stay. Uh, which is a bit, yeah. a bit odd. Um, so Scotland this, and Northern Ireland very much voted to stay. Wales and England voted to leave. Mm-hmm. 
this this caught this led to calls for a referendum on unifying Ireland, and I I don't know where that stands today. I don't know if that ever happened in the last what five years. Um, but so I remember I remember, no. some, I remember some noise about it for sure. There is ongoing discussions about what should be done around the Irish yeah. backstop and the border. Yeah, because suddenly creating a. a a customs and visa zone between Northern and Southern Ireland yeah. obviously makes it quite f- friction heavy. Yes. And for people who are in Northern Ireland who want to be part, who want Ireland to be unified, to suddenly have to get a visa to go to what they consider to be... Home. A part of... Yeah. yeah like the country that they belong to. Yeah. Quite a problem. Yes. Um, but this week during the G7... Joe Biden, or rather last week during the G7, Joe Biden basically came in with the opening statement before they even arrived, which was, if the Irish backstop threatens peace in Northern Ireland, America will do everything it can to obfuscate it. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was a really, I thought it was a real power move, but the American involvement in Irish politics is quite strong. Involvement is generous. I would probably call it meddling. Interference. Mm. Well, yeah. As, I mean, as, as they are I don't really, to I, don't do. really, I mean, I don't think as the British person, <laughs> a problem in this conversation. <laughs> no. I get to say, those Americans are really sticking their nose in where I am no, concerned. Say I'll say it. You could say that about us a lot more, though. That's true. Um, like, we're not sticking our nose in, we're sticking our country in. <laughs> true. Um, so there was also in... Uh, to th- the year 2020, uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol uh, was agreed to, which allowed Northern Ireland to remain within the EU's customs and regulatory area, uh, which led to... Okay, the Schengen. The what, sorry? The Schengen. Is that what it's called? Yes, I believe so. Huh. Um, so that led to loyalist protests in early 2021. Uh, I think some of those might have been violent as well, uh, as these tend to be. Um, I don't know some of the more recent stuff around the implications of Brexit and how that's all shaken out is, that, that was hard for me to decipher this afternoon um, to be perfectly honest with you this is some real regulatory litigatory yes, shit yeah. like the, the the overarching theme of Brexit is a big let's fuck ourselves up for the next 20 years yeah like it'll be okay eventually but it's fucked now yeah and it's fucked for the, for the foreseeable um but then the Irish side of things is so much more fucked because it could genuinely restart a war. Yeah, and they've they've like it's kind of been done to them. Is the very very high level reading I'm taking yeah. from this is like they haven't been able to kind of set their own destiny here. Yeah, well, imagine imagine if we'd suddenly gone like, okay, well, Scotland voted to stay in Europe. So what we'll do is we'll just cut Scotland down the middle. Not even down the middle. Fife is now part of Europe, but yeah. the rest of Scotland is in, yeah. is in the UK. You'd be like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that's... What a mess. That's all I can say. Mm, it's almost like Brexit's a fucking terrible idea. Yeah, in it? And Almost. That's, that's the last English action. I think I'll try this this episode. Anyway, that's the troubles. Um, a very, I want you to deliver the next line in an English accent. No, I, I, I shan't. Um a very violent period in the history of Ireland and the United Kingdom and something that I've really only scratched the surface of. I, I do kind of want to find, I don't know, like a good like history book on this stuff or something just to like dig into some of the more 
uh, nitty gritty political stuff because there's a lot of stuff that went on that I definitely didn't cover, but it's a lot more like political power moves kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But if you, you at home, if you remember only one thing today, um, this violent past is why you should stop going to bars and ordering Irish car bombs for fuck's sake. It's super offensive. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Number of different things. One, that was your takeaway. <laughs> Two, that's the audience you think we have. Look, man, um, I'm, I'm appealing to like the human brain's desi- like tendency to remember novelty and absurdity. So sticking that in right at the yeah, end, maybe maybe I help someone out in their in their bar going journey. Yeah. Uh, also, stop ordering dirty protests um, just because they're disgusting. Is, is that a real drink? I God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm not Googling that. Oh, I'm Googling it. I don't want to type in dirty protest drink because that sucks. <laughs> it's just, uh, no, there's just going to be pictures of like water that's gone bad at a protest. Dirty protest drinking game. No, what? No, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> How to make your protest drinking party sexy. Like, what is this? Oh, from the mirror.co.uk. Women's woman secretly drops used toilet roll around the floor of bar in dirty protest. What the Alright, we need to get out of this episode before you keep going down that Google search. Oh, it's just I'm just looking at things about Bobby Sands now. What? Um Bobby Sands was an Irish leader. Okay. Um and in nineteen seventy eight he um was in prison and had a massive he had a hunger strike followed by a dirty protest. Um, him like Jerry Adams the I, I don't know why I find it really funny but there's an Irish uh, revolutionary leader a political leader called Michael Collins mm-hmm. um, but Michael Collins is also the name of the third Apollo astronaut who recently died ah. um, Apollo 11 astronaut mm-hmm. the one that didn't go to the moon yes. um, and I think it's really funny to remember his name because he's the one that didn't go yeah um, but yeah Michael Collins is also the name of a famous Irish political leader during this during the uh, British occupation of Ireland mm. as I will call it yes Anyway, anyway, that's. I'm going to go devise a dirty protest cocktail. I think it's um, Russian Imperial Stout drizzled on high-class vanilla ice cream mm. um, with shaved chocolate. Okay. Yep. I I don't want to call it a dirty protest, but I do want to try it. I insist. No. Yeah, I'm actually really into it now. Oh. All right. Well, look out for. Elliot creating a dirty protest on our Instagram story, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Done you. Dirty protests often lead to hunger strikes. All right. Once you've had one, you're kind of like, I'm, I'm good now. Let's get out of here. Mike, what's your favorite type of protest? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know you have a penchant for the, the, the post story question, but I did not know where this could possibly go from here. <laughs> what's your favorite conquered colony um <laughs> new zealand no 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 new zealand oh, fair play yeah uh absolutely done me um what other unsavory names for cocktails could there be oh i mean like there's already Christchurch milk milk quake <laughs> oh no <laughs> what mm. uh, uh black saturday nachos they're really hot oh my um, god <laughs> uh uh, the the Rainbow Warrior. I don't remember. We know you is. get like colored cocktails, like the traffic light. It's like that, but it's like okay. one of those ones where you yeah. drop a shot of something into something else. Like a depth charge in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know what's um, in it, but like the concept is there. Oh, it's, it's a layered cocktail, and you put a Jaeger bomb in it. Yeah, done. Oh dear. Well, that'll never make it through to your ears, people. No, and that's for the best. Yep. But you know what will make it through to your ears, but mostly eyes, because I don't have a good follow-up question. Yep. That isn't offensive. <laughs> is our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, Very which can good. be found at Hebrew Podcast. That is Hebrew Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mike, mm. what else might they see with their eyes? Uh, well, they might see their favorite email provider and they might find the two field and they might type into that said two field hello at heybrew.zone and then they might send <laughs> us an email. Might type in there, hello, and that's not going to get them anywhere. <laughs> send it out into the ether. Maybe it'll get to us. I don't know. I don't really know how email works. All I know is that it does if you do things correctly. Um, Once again, Mike's a software engineer. Yeah, look, man, you you go read the email specification. You tell me how that shit works. I don't know. I don't, I don't need to know at this point. As we've established, it's a series of tubes. Yes, yes, except these are tubes you write things into that you want us to read, and then from there we will use our brains to decide what to do with it. They're like pneumatic tubes. Like you yeah. send messages yeah. down in our um, office building. In the there's 1970s. a cafe in... Slash control. Christchurch, it might still be around. Um, oh, it looks so good. Pneumatic tubes to deliver the food to your tables. I've been there. It I think we spoke slams. about this on the podcast. It's so fun. It sounds so cool. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, Man, I, I would happily have pneumatic tubes fire food directly at me uh, like into my face. I don't know. You don't actually want that, I think. I don't know. I think that would be hilarious fun. Like, I'd be hilarious. Specifically. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. also the website, heybrew.zone. Uh, which has nice. all of the information we mentioned before, not the pneumatic tube stuff, everything just before that, mm. um, plus links Shame. to uh, podcast providers where you might subscribe to us, uh, follow along for more Hebrew adventures into stories that we only regret about halfway through. And if on any of those pneumatic tubes on which you find our podcast, you'd like to leave a review, um, you, got you can do that. You can write it down and post your review back into the tube and we will see it. And if it's five star, we'll allow it. And if not, it'll get pushed down the memory hole. That it actually another, goes into a, a separate Stalin joke. Goes so that into pulls a separate into the clash thing. pneumatic tube, which basically just goes yeah. in a circle forever, and we never look at it. Yeah, just it's clogged to fuck. At the <laughs> a lot of a lot of two star reviews. I don't know what we're reviews. doing. Yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot of real fucking offensive reviews. Yeah, which I get, but oof, it's yeah. getting thicker. Yeah. Um, every time I look at it, it's getting thick. Yeah, we really have to clean those out. Getting real spooky over those reviews. Yeah, they're, they're, it's starting um, to attract goblins. We need to clean it. <laughs> so what's a goblin then? Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that has almost certainly kind of been about Kalashnikovs. Yeah, they they were in there. I just... They, they were a stepping Didn't stone. That's where. Kalashnikovs yeah. were a stepping stone to get me to the Troubles, which is not the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's pretty good. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the uh, the trouble with the Kalash. Or the troubles with the Kalash. Ah. What about keeping up with the Kalash Dashians? Yeah, it's some, there's something there. I'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Yeah. Um, anyway, this has been an episode of Hey Brew. I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. said that in a really sort of high-pitched voice like cheers cheers do you want fries with that
Here's your crusty burger, sir. <laughs> Um, Man, that, yeah. that certainly is three and a half standard drinks. Ooh. Isn't it? Ooh. Honestly, Ooh. I've caned mine. That was fucking delicious. I've got just a little bit left, but I had to do all the words. Mate, I'm probably going to go buy some more now. Yeah. Yeah, that Like, it's that, that good. That, and maybe I'll go on Purvis and see if I can get that and some more of the porter. The um, Donna Party, Donna Party Porter, because that shit was fucking wild. Oh, it was, yeah. 